Hey, everybody, who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be here? Come on, can we give Jesus praise? Yeah. And a big hello to everybody who's online with us as well. We're thankful that you're joining us today. We wish you were here in the building, but uh, we're thankful for the miracle of technology. And so we, as always, we like to just welcome everybody on the other side of those cameras too. Can we, can we say hi to them as well? Thankful for you. And uh, today we're doing something a little bit different. And that is um, a couple times a year I like to push pause on our, our series and our normal teachings. And I like to bring you what I call Vision Sunday. I do it a couple times a year because how many of you know vision leaks? Right? We, we get to know some stuff and then it leaks outside of us. And so I'm just trying to put some vision into us, cast some vision of who we are and where we're headed. And so the first thing I want to do today is I want to start with... Uh, some things that are coming up over the next few weeks, all right? So there's, um, uh, I like to say it this way, I want to point the way and clear the path for you. So kind of show you where we're headed and show you what's coming up, okay? And so the first thing that I want you to know, you heard about it today, but it's that small groups are launching today, everybody. Small groups are happening today, and it's, it's time to get in a group, it's time to uh, to really, I, this is a dream for everybody. We, we would love for everybody here to find their, their place, to find where they belong. And so um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Uh, but uh, the next thing I want to tell you about is next Sunday, we're kicking off a brand new series. Um, it's, it's called Reply All. So how many of you, if you're familiar with email... I know email is kind of like the, the old technology these days, right? It's just like everybody's junk mail. But in email, if you were doing a group text or a group email and you wanted to, uh, you wanted to reply to something, uh, you can either reply to the one person who sent it to you or you can hit what? Reply all. And it goes to everybody, right? And so, um, and so that's kind of the idea behind this. Instead of just talking to one person, maybe doing some counseling with a person and helping them with an area of their life, I want to help all y'all with this, okay? And, and the, the, the content for this series really comes from a ser- uh, uh, the, the Easter Sunday survey we did. So for the last four Easters, we've done surveys And every year we ask some of the same questions. One of those questions is, what do you want to hear about? What kind of teaching do you want us to to bring? What would be helpful, right? And every year, quite honestly, it's the same four or five things that show up every single year. And so I teach on the same four or five hot topics every year. And I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't know if like you're not getting it or maybe I'm not doing a great job teaching it, but it's the same thing. Every year. Now, uh, really, what I think it is, is it's just life, right? And so this year, uh, starting next weekend, I'm going to kick off the series, Reply All, and I'm going, I'm going to talk on the number one topic that you asked for this year, and that was, how do I deal with stress? Like, how do I handle this? Anybody, anybody stressed out out there? Anybody? Like, we're going we're gonna to talk about, uh, for years, the number one topic was actually, how do I know God's plan for my life? And that has shifted since 2020. Now, for the last three years, it's been how, how, how do I deal with stress? We're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people. Anybody got difficult people in your life who's sitting next to a difficult person? No, I'm just don't, don't do that. Right, you got, we, all, we all have difficult people. We're going to talk about how do we forgive. All right? So that's, that's coming up next week. And, and listen, I, I want to encourage you with this too. 
I love that this, this service is so full. But y'all, there was traffic jams getting in today. I want to let you know we've got a, an 8.30 service that is identical to this. Happened, the same thing happens. And if, if you're uh, not an early riser, we got a, an 11.30 service that's identical to this as well. Same content, same message, same worship songs and all of that. And so I believe that we're going to see more and more people come to church this fall. And we're going we're gonna to need to make room for them. So I would just ask if... if if you would just consider praying, maybe move into one of those services to make room for somebody who's not here yet. Can I get an amen on that? They're not here yet. We're making room for them. All right, so the next thing is that uh, in October, we're doing a series called The Book of James. And so what we're doing with this series is just, um, it's a deep dive. It's a study. So uh, some people, are, they're going to give their life to Christ in September, and, and they, they need to know, how do I live this thing out? How do I live the life God wants me to live? We're going to study about that in October, and then one of our favorite times of the year, one of our favorite times is at the movies, coming up November, November the 6th through the 27th. We've done this for years. Uh, at the movies has been something we've done before we even moved to here to Texas. We did that as part of our church that we were in in Alabama, and it's one of the best ways to reach people who are far from God, amen? And that's why we do it. We don't do it because it's, we're trying to be cool and, 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 and hype. No, we're just doing it because we care about, about people who are far from God, who, people who don't know Christ yet. Amen? And so I want to give you uh, just a heads up on that. Be praying about who you're going to bring, who you're going to bring to church with you. All right? And then um, if you've been to City Hope for a while, if you've been attending church for a while, you know that we don't talk about money a whole lot. We don't do special offerings. We, we mention it kind of at the end of the service. And, and what we do is we say we want you to pray and ask God what he wants you to give. And then just give. Be obedient to him, right? So we, only, we, we don't do special offerings all the time. We do one special offering a year, and it's called the Legacy Offering. And it's coming up on December the 11th. And so I'm telling you about it now because, uh, because some of you, you like to pray, you like to think about what, what I want to give. And this offering, a big chunk of it, goes outside of the walls of City Hope. So we, we give to uh, missions organizations around the world. We help accelerate local missions right here in, in uh, Wichita Falls. We, we give uh, to church planters and we support pastors. And you know there's some pastors out there who won't have Christmas this year unless City Hope shows up. Come on, somebody. So we just want to take care of, of God's people along the way as well. But um, what I want to tell you is that we are... Uh, our financial team has been working on a new way to give. So we have text to give. We have, we have um, uh, giving online, of course, and then you can give in person. All of those ways are staying the same. But in addition, we now have a way to give stocks and digital currency, like cryptocurrency, okay? And some of you are like, why in the world does a church need to have that? Well, here's, here's why. It's because some of you, you, you have, you have uh, your money tied up in stocks. You would love to be able to give that towards a project, towards something at church, but it's tied up, and, and if you cashed it out, you would have to do what? Pay, pay capital gains tax. But uh, with this uh, overflow, this system that we're using, it allows you to actually, so, so not only would you have to cash it out, pay capital gains tax, but then we wouldn't get the amount of money that you wanted us to get in the first place. With, with donating stocks, you can donate the entire amount goes to the church, and you don't have to pay the capital gains tax. Come on, somebody say, that's good right there, right? So, yeah, and so uh, that's just a system that we've, we've been able to set up, and you, you can access that just going to the website, cityhopefamily.com slash give. But 
Um, and for those of you who are into crypto, all right, um, and, and digital currencies, you can do that as well. The last thing I want to mention, though, is Christmas Eve is coming, everybody. Christmas Eve services. And if you've never been to a Christmas Eve service, it's fun. All right, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be great. It's going to, be, it's going to just be a great time for us to celebrate. And it's never too early to begin talking about that. Uh, because we do reservation seats for our Christmas Eve services. So we'll tell you more about that in the future. But we're doing two days of Christmas Eve services this year. All right? All right, if you got it, say, I got it. Okay, I got it. All right. Now, we're going to talk about vision today, uh, our vision of who we are and where we're headed. And I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to tell you about the time that uh, uh, Boudreaux had a vision. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, here's Boudreaux, Right? Well, Boudreaux was excited, man. He had a vision. He, he, uh, he brought his friend Thibodeau over, and, and Boudreaux takes him out to the garage, and, and he says, uh, hey, man, check out this rocket. And T Thibodeau says, man, what you got a rocket for? Why are you, why you building a rocket? He said, I'm going to the sun. And Thibodeau said, Boudreaux, you can't go to the sun. The sun, will, it'll melt you. It'll burn your face off. He said, no, no, no. I'm going at night. Yeah, there we go. All right. Love it. I love my Boudreaux jokes. Love them. So, all right. So, um, we are talking about vision today. And, um, and here's what I know about, uh, about life and about every person in this room today is that every one of us have a next step to take. It doesn't matter, like, where we're at in our life. No, no matter how long you've been a Christian, every one of us have a next step to take, and, and there's something that God's calling us to do. And I love what the Bible says in Proverbs. It's, it says about vision. In the King James Version, it says that where there's no vision, people perish. Like, they, don't have, like, they, just, they don't have a life. In fact, the, the uh, NIV, I think it is, says that where, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. They're like, I'm not doing this. I don't have to, I don't have to follow that. I, I'm, not, I'm just doing my own thing. And, and I love what the message paraphrase says. I love, I love this. It says that if people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. If they don't have direction for their lives, if they don't know God's purpose, if they don't know what God's up to, they stumble. And some of you have been stumbling and you're like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And it's because you don't have vision for your life. You don't know what God's up to, but I love this, that if we can attend to what he reveals, if we'll pay attention to what he puts in front of us, if we'll pay attention to the vision and the purpose of our lives, that's when we are, say these words, most blessed. And that's the kind of life I want for every one of you. I want you to live a most blessed kind of life. Anybody else want that kind of life? I'm telling you, God wants that for you. And, and so the way we say it, we have four vision points. And we like to say that our vision's really not our vision, it's God's vision for you, okay? But if I, I'll, sometimes I'll say it this way, that we have an agenda for your life. <laughs> and I'll just tell you right up front, we have, we have an agenda for you. We have four things that we want for you. And these four things are actually what God wants for you. All throughout the Bible, we see the same four things over and over again. And, and we put language to it. Uh, we don't really use the, the, the Bible language, but we, we kind of modernized it and put different language to it. And there's four things. And the first one is this. It's that God has always wanted us to know him, right? So the first part of our vision is know God, but how, Pastor Ben? How, how am I supposed to know him? And that's your blank, all right? Write this down. Intimately. 
That God wants me to have a relationship with him. Okay, not to just, not to just have this uh, pie in the sky, this religious experience, but to have a relationship. Like the word know in Greek is gnosko. And it means to have an intimate, personal, experiential kind of relationship with somebody. And that is what God has always intended for us. He wants each and every one of us to have an experiential, deep, personal relationship with him. Paul says it this way. I love, I love Paul. He says, I, I want to know Christ. It's gnosko. I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Well, what power is he talking about? We just did a series on this Ended it last week. Holy Spirit, that's the power. That's the power that raised him from the dead. And so he says, I want to know God. I want to I know him experientially. I want to have a deep encounter with God, not to just know about God. Because we, we, we live in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Come on, somebody. I mean, just everybody knows. Uh, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I know about him. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you know about him. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? And if you don't, I'm going to give you that opportunity today, all right? And maybe, maybe you have given your life to Christ recently, and you, you've, you've, you've accepted Christ. You've, you've surrendered your life to him. Your next step is, is, is this, is water baptism. Next Sunday, next Sunday, we're doing water baptism. We do it the first Sunday of every month. And for some of you, this is your next step. For some of you, the, the problem is that you don't know God. This is the most important thing, and, and you don't have a relationship with him. So first, that's your first step. Surrender your life to Christ. Get in a relationship with Jesus, and then be water baptized. That's your next step next Sunday, all right? All right, so that's the first part of our vision. Know God intimately. But the second part, and your notes, write this down. The second part is to find freedom, and the way we do that is relationally. I mean, I'm just telling you, I've been in church all my life. I just turned 40 last week. Everybody, I'm 40 years old now. Come on. Welcome to the club. I know I look 30 or something, 20 maybe, whatever. <clears throat> so it's relationships. All my life, let me say it this way, up until the last few years, I didn't really realize how important relationships were. I mean... Just try harder. Just pray more. Just, just read your Bible more. That's, that, that was the advice that churches would give. Oh, you, you, need, you need to get free from some things in your life? Well, just don't do it. Well, it's not that easy, right? If, if it was as easy as not doing it, we wouldn't be doing it, right? So the, the freedom comes in relationships. So there are some things that you need to get free from, some habits, some hurts, there's some things that you've, it's been bothering you. It's been tearing you up on the inside. You're dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness. you got to get free of that stuff. And, and here's one for you. I'm, to, I'm talking about getting free from the thing that you know if it was not in your life, your life would be better. And I don't know what that is for you. I know what it was for me. But it's the thing in your life that you know if it wasn't there, man, my life would be so much better. God wants to set you free from that. Does anybody believe that today? That God, he, man, I, I believe this. So many times we live our lives filtering our todays through yesterday. 
We, we, we have this, our, our lenses are just covered up with the gunk of yesterday. And if, if you, I'm just trying to encourage you today that this could be the year that you get free. In fact, the beginning of this year, we said 2022 is the year of freedom. I mean, we're going to get free from some things. We're going to get free from the things holding us back. This is the year. So when you, when you give your life to Christ, that's salvation. The next step after salvation is what we call sanctification. Now, some denominations believe that, that uh, when you get saved, you're sanctified. I don't believe that one bit. Maybe for some people that works. I believe sanctification is a process. So, so after you get saved... God loves you just as you are, but he says, I don't want you to stay as you are. Okay, there's some things in you that I need to get out of you, and there's some things that aren't in you that I need to put in you, all right? And that's the process of sanctification, and, the, and our process to help you and me become sanctified is what we call small groups, and those launch today. And I'm just saying for every one of us, man, I would love, we have over 70 small groups that are available to launch today, and it's time. It's time I'm just trying to push you over the edge a little bit. Get in a group. Take off the mask. Get free from some things. Let this be the year. I'm no longer defined by my past. I'm no longer defined by what I'm struggling with. Amen? All right, all right. So, so small groups, get in a group. All right, here's, here's the third one, number three. That is discover purpose. And the way we do that is spiritually. It's a spiritual gift that God puts inside every one of us. Every one of us have a spirit man. And our spirit... Talks to God's spirit, and he, he puts these spiritual gifts inside of us so that we can do what he's called us to do. Uh, Mark Twain said it this way, that there's the two best days of a man's life are the day he was born and then the day he found out why he was born. And some of you know, I mean, you were born, but you don't know why you were born. You don't know why God put you on this earth, and we want to help, help you discover that. Um, I thought about it this way. Uh, have you ever watched a dog race? Anybody ever watched dog races here? Probably don't want to raise your hand because you think of it. Didn't, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel you. Have you watched them on TV? Maybe that's a better. All right. So I, I was, I've learned about dog races a little bit over the last few years, and I saw on, uh, on, on YouTube, right? So um, I didn't know that in a dog race, I just thought that the dogs ran. I just thought you opened the gate and they took off, right? But I didn't know that they're actually chasing something. That there's a, a rabbit on a track that goes around the, the track. And they're chasing a literal, like, stuffed animal rabbit. Well, if you've ever watched these before, uh, it's pretty funny when the rabbit malfunctions, right? There's, I mean, there's sometimes the rabbit has exploded. Sometimes the rabbit just stops. And when the rabbit malfunctions, the dog's... They, they go bananas. They don't know what to do. They stop running. Some of the dogs, they, they go in another direction. Some dogs lay down. Some dogs start trying to attack the rabbit now that they can catch it. Some dogs start barking. And I thought, this is a picture of us. This is a picture of humanity when we don't have a rabbit to chase. This is a picture of humanity when we don't have purpose in our lives, when we don't know what I'm called to do. We just lay around, we start chasing other things, or we bark at everybody. Come on, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's time to discover the purpose, and what, what we're trying to do is, is show you uh, the way we help you discover the purpose is actually through growth track. So next Sunday, September 4th, Labor Day, we're kicking off step one of the growth track next week. Talk about mission, vision, who we are. 
uh, give you an opportunity to join the church. And if, if you're not sure whether this is your church, I always encourage you, go to it and find out whether this should be your church. And if, this, if you find out, man, this is not really where I belong, that's okay. You just need to know you belong somewhere. If it's not here, that's okay. Find somewhere that you can get plugged in. Then go to step two. Step two is about uh, uh, the spiritual gifts that God's putting inside of you. And here's why we do that. We do the growth track so we can help you make a careful exploration of who you are. Just try to show you the work that God's given you to do, that there's a purpose in you. And your purpose is not to just make money. Come on, it's to do something so much more than that. So sink yourself into that thing. So I'll say it this way. Your purpose is not to make money. Your purpose is to make a difference. And the way you do that and, and, and the why for that, you make a difference. Why? For eternity. So like you're supposed to have fun making a difference. Anybody with me on that? Like, like coming to church should be a joy. We, the way we have written it is that we believe church should be a party, not a presentation. Right? And, and, and serving God at church, serving God in your life should be a joy, not a drag. Right? So, so if you're on the front door serving and you're like, good morning, welcome to church. It's my third week in a row to be serving up here. I, can't, I don't know why they can't find somebody else to be serving on these doors. Please, we'll give you another role. We'll put you somewhere else. You can be on the bulletin team, right? You can get in there and you just, all right. I've been stuffing these bullets, 570 of them already. Just, that's fine, whatever. But, but I say that because like if, if you're serving in a place right now and you're thinking, man, I, 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 I'm, this is not for me. There's somewhere else. Don't just quit. Go find the place that God has for you because it should be a joy. Come on, somebody. It ought, to be, it ought to be fun. It ought to be something that we love to do. So real joy, hear me out, doesn't come from possessions or positions. Real joy doesn't come from a title that you have, doesn't come from what you earn as an income. Real joy comes when you know, man, I am making a difference, that, that I'm changing people's lives, that people are going to heaven because the way that I'm serving. And, and, and I know this, that we live in a very kind of Americanized gospel. And what I mean by that is in our American culture, we, what, what we've kind of grown accustomed to is that God, like... God, bless us. Lord, give us more. Bless us. And we like the blessed part. We like the Lord, give us more part. But we don't like the part about making a difference with the more. So we've got to know what the more is for. The whole reason he gives us more, the whole reason he blesses us, why? So we can be a blessing. So we can, so we can make a difference in somebody's life. So we can help somebody get to heaven. That's why he blesses us. And, and I just want to say it this way. It's why we do serve projects all the time. It's why we do all of the outreaches. We're not, do, we're, we're not just giving s social justice. We've got to give spiritual justice too. Social justice without spiritual justice is not justice. And so we, 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 give, we meet a need and we give them Jesus at the same time. Does that make sense? All right. So here's, here's my ultimate purpose. Your ultimate purpose is to make a difference for eternity. To make a difference for eternity. And I guess the, I just, I just, I'm trying to help you see that like your purpose is to, whether you're serving coffee out in the lobby or you're holding the door for somebody or, or you're waving cars into the parking lot, 
or you're, you're serving kids, you're changing the diaper, what, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, somebody's going to heaven because of that. Like it's a, it's a touchdown on your scoreboard. I need you to know that. I need you to believe that, that, when, that your, your life here on earth is to make a difference for eternity. And I could try to convince you of that, but I, I thought instead I would, let, I would let somebody else do that. So I want you to take a look at the screen. Uh, my name is Yola. So I was raised in church. We went every Sunday, but I didn't know God. We, we went as a family, and when we left church, we never talked about God. We never prayed. We didn't do anything. So I didn't have a relationship with them. I've always been the kind of person who wears a smile and, you know, just kind of a happy person. But I didn't realize that I had issues that were, were deep down. I mean, because it was just part of my life. But through City Hope, I found out that God loves me. And through the messages, through the worship, through my friends, through church and my church family, um, I just found out who God really is. And I just started a relationship with Him. And um, I don't want to go back to where I used to be. I don't think I could go back because I had this relationship with God that I never had. I started to, to kind of uh, learn about God through City Hope. I started to go to um, small groups and just develop more relationships. And I've built great friendships. But really, it was Freedom Group who really just, um, just cemented that relationship. I was... Um, raised in a, in a family that I had an alcoholic father and he could be verbally and emotionally and physically abusive. So when I was 16, I, I got pregnant and um, I disappointed my family and I disappointed myself. And so I actually was carrying stuff that I didn't really think about. You know, it was just part of me. Um, I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of guilt, but with freedom, I was finally able to let that go. When I went through growth track, um, you know, I'd never been to a um, church like City Hope, and I think that it just led me to want to be a part of the team. Uh, the dream team was just something special, and I wanted to be a part of that. And they were able to fit me with the right team that, um, that was a good fit for me, and was a good fit for the church. But it did help me to, to discover my purpose in the church. So I started off on the greeting team and I, you know, I just loved it. Loved welcoming people to church. And then as I transitioned to the prayer team, it's kind of, it's changed a little bit. People come to me at, at their most vulnerable. I was nervous at first, but you know, I'm so honored to be able to pray with people and be an intercessor during people's most vulnerable times. When I started coming to City Hope, I would meet people and, and they just seemed to just be happy. And I thought, they must have never had any tragedy in their life. I didn't have that relationship. And, and Pastor Ben said, give it a year. And I did. City Hope has allowed me to fill that joy, going through freedom, serving people, greeting, um, working in the community on, on serve days and just helping the community. I'm just so honored to be a part of this and I just feel like I'm making a difference in our church and our community. I love that, I love it. 
I'd say give it a year. Give God a year. You, you heard her say it, and it's something that we've said uh, from the first service of our church. Um, we encourage people, give God a year. Give God a year. Go through the process. Go through the growth track. Get in a small group. Really, really dive in to the vision of City Hope, and I promise you, a year from now, your life will look different than it looks today. Amen? I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. And so uh, today, I, I want to just um, I encourage us with something, that there's, there, there's this pull inside of us to, to be selfish. And so my encouragement is, hey, I don't, I don't want us to, to just gratify the desires of our flesh. Right? There's this pull inside of us to, ha- to have it our way, to, to get what we want out of a church service. or whatever. I want to just say today, I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about making a difference and, and how we can make a difference. And I want to remind you that we don't exist as a church, as the people of God. We don't exist for ourselves We're here for others. Let me say it this way. The church is not for us. We are the church. And we exist for people who are not in this room yet. We exist for the lost and the broken and the hurting and people who are vulnerable and marginalized and people who are in poverty and people who are, who are desperate for, for God to show up in their lives. We exist for the broken. We exist for those who aren't here yet. So I don't ever want us to just fall into that, that trap of becoming a church that's just, it's just all about us. It's about what we want and, and the things that we desire. No, 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 no. It's about people who aren't here yet. And if, let me say it one more, just as clear as I can be. Listen, if heaven and hell are real, then growth isn't an option. Look, I'm not interested in just having a big church for notoriety, for namesake. No, no. Look, I... If heaven and hell are real, then we have work to do, everybody. And every church in our, in our nation should be growing by leaps and bounds because we're carrying out the Great Commission, right? We should be plundering hell and populating heaven. That's the mission of the church. And so I want to spend the rest of our time focused on that today, that Jesus gave us a mission. He had a mission, and then he passed that mission on to us. We see that. In John chapter 17, it says that in the same way, he's praying to God. He says, God, in the the same way that you've given me a mission, I'm passing that mission on. I'm giving it to my disciples. I'm giving it to my followers. I'm giving them a mission in the world. And if you know about uh, the New Testament, you've probably heard of, of, of something called the Great Commission, which was Jesus' words to go into all of the world, preach the gospel, but don't just preach it, make disciples and, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, and then you have Paul, the apostle in Acts, who says, you know what, I don't, even, I don't even care about my life anymore. It's not about what I want. I'm not doing this to please myself. No, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. What's the mission? It's the work that the Lord Jesus gave me. What's the work that he gave me? It's to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ. And that's our mission, church. That's when you boil it all down, that's what God's called us to do. And so I want to show you the last words of Jesus. All right, so in our, in our last series on, on the Holy Spirit, I gave you the very last words of Jesus. Today, I want to give you the last words before the last words of Jesus. All right, so this is same, it's actually the same scripture, but it's the last words right there with the very last words. And it's, it's in Acts 1. It says that Here's what I want you to do. Last words of Jesus. 
I want you to be my witnesses. All right, so I know we've all grown up in different church backgrounds. In some church backgrounds, when we see that word witnesses, we thought it meant judge. God didn't call us to be a judge. He didn't call us to condemn anybody. He didn't call us to point out everybody's faults and failures. Come on, somebody. He didn't call us to be a prosecutor and accuse people and, and tell them how, how they haven't gotten it right. No, no, he didn't call us to do that. He didn't even call us to be a defender. All he's asked us to do is just tell your story. Tell what God's done in your life. Just be a witness in Wichita Falls, that's Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, in America, and then all around the world. Just tell what God has done for you. And I want to spend the last few minutes that I have with you today focused on how to do this. I want to show you what can happen when you tell people your story, when you tell other people about Jesus. And I want to focus on a story in the Gospel of Mark. Okay, it's Mark chapter 5, and in Jesus' day, uh, they, of course, they didn't, they didn't have mopeds and, and speedboats, right? They, like, they just walked everywhere, and they, they got on a boat, and they paddled everywhere, right? So Jesus grew up in Nazareth. It's where he was born, but eventually he moved to Capernaum, and that's where he started his ministry. Capernaum was a lakeside town on the Sea of Galilee. And he chose that spot because it, it was a great place where he could get across the lake to many different uh, places. All right, So he's based his ministry out of Capernaum. And there's one, one ministry trip he takes down to a place called the Ten Towns. So he sailed to the southeast part of Galilee. And there's a, a place there called the Ten Towns. It was ten cities, um, also known as the Decapolis. And, and these ten towns were mostly non-Jewish people, so Gentiles. In our context, it would have been people who weren't Christians, okay? And so he, he goes to this area, and as soon as he gets out of the boat, he's met by a demon-possessed man. Um, he, he's known as the demoniac of Gadara. Uh, the, 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 the gospels that record his story say that he, was, um, he, would, he roamed around naked in the hills and in the tombs, and he would cut himself. And he was, he was possessed by what many theologians believe was at least 2,000 demons. Uh, a legion in the Greek is 3,000 to 6,000 Roman soldiers, and he had a legion. And we know that, uh, that when Jesus cast the demons out of, them, out of him, uh, that uh, he let them go into a herd of pigs, and there were 2,000 pigs that went down an embankment and drowned. You go read the story. I don't have time to tell you all about it, but, but I'm giving you the high points. And so this man is, is dangerous. He's demon-possessed. People are afraid of him, and, and they would try to restrain him. He would break the shackles. It was a big deal. So Jesus gets off the boat, and he's greeted by a demon-possessed man, and he doesn't run from him. But he engages him, begins to talk with him, and Jesus heals the man. He sets the man free, casts the demons out of the man, and, and then they go and get all of the townspeople, and the townspeople come and they see this demon-possessed man clothed and in his right mind. And you would think that this would be cause for rejoice, like this would be like, this is awesome, praise God, look what he's done. But they don't praise God, instead they ask Jesus to leave. And I just want to stop here and tell you that if, if you don't want anything to do with Jesus, 
he'll regretfully get back in the boat. Like he, he won't force himself on you. And so that's what he does. He starts going back to the boat and that's where we pick up the story. Mark chapter five, it says that when Jesus got back into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go, hey, Jesus, let me go with you. And Jesus says, no, I have a mission for you. There's something that I've called you to do. We don't even know this man's name. He's known as the demoniac of Gadara. And Jesus says, there's something I want you to do. I want you to go home to your friends. I want you to tell them the wonderful things that I have done for you. And I want you to tell them how I've been merciful to you. And so that's what he does. He starts off to the 10 towns of that region. And he begins to tell everyone, everyone he comes in contact with. Do you know why he's telling everyone? Because everyone knew who he was. Everybody's wondering, hey, you're the guy that was possessed. Like, what's, what's, what's up with you now? So he's telling everybody about the great things Jesus had done. And now everyone was amazed at what he told them. And I want to show you today four thoughts about sharing your faith. And the first one is this, that you have to, this is what the man did. You have to accept the personal responsibility. If you're going to win your friends to Christ... And, and if, I could, if I could tell you today, like, statistics are telling us 88% of people, non-Christians, say they would, they would consider being a Christian if they just knew, some, knew someone who was a Christian. What does that say about us? What does that say about the church, that if they, if, if they knew someone who was a Christian, they would consider being a Christian? It tells us that we need to start acting a little bit different tells us we need to start letting the Holy Spirit produce some fruits in us as Christians that, that when people see us, they go, man, I, I don't know what happened to them, but I, I want what they have. I, I, want, I want a relationship with God like they have. There's something different about that person. So we have to accept the personal responsibility. And, and what I mean by that is that God puts you in a sphere of influence. He's given you family members. He's given you friends. He's given you classmates. He's given you teammates that he... In a very real way, he says, hey, their blood is on your hands. You, you're a person of faith. You believe in Jesus Christ. And there, there's, a, there's something that God's calling us to do, and that is to share our faith. Not, not to beat people over the head. Not to be a street preacher holding the Bible up. Hey, let me tell you about what you're going to hell, you bunch of heathens. No, no, no. Not to do that. To, but first to accept that there's a responsibility I own. And I love the way Paul says it. That, that we should never walk away from someone who deserves our help. Why? Because your hand is God's hand to that person. Never tell your neighbors, wait until tomorrow when you can help them right now. What is that? Accept the responsibility. And that's what this man did. He wanted to go with Jesus, but instead he accepted a responsibility to go, to go tell people about Jesus. Now, here's the second thing is that if you're going to win people to Christ in this day and age, you're going to have to build a personal relationship with them. It's personal, everybody. It's personal. That they would, that they, it, it, things are changing. The tides are turning. And 88% of people said, I would, I would be interested in Christianity if I just knew somebody. So you've got to build a relationship. And, and, and there's no doubt that these people knew the demon-possessed man. Now, they probably had a hard time recognizing him with his clothes on, but they knew it, right? Well, 
little laughter there, a little, little merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We need a little laughter. So here's something I want you to think about. As you build a personal relationship with people, um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you just begin to build that relationship with people. And you don't come in and just be like, yeah, I notice you, 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 uh, you've got a potty mouth. You need to talk to Jesus about that. Hey, you know, nobody's going to listen to you if you do that. But if you just build a relationship and you just, you just get to know somebody, I notice how you treat your wife. Good luck with that, right? No, nobody's, nobody's open to that. But when you build a relationship, here's the way Paul said it, is just try to find common ground with somebody so that they'll let you tell them about Jesus and let Christ save them. Come on, just build a relationship. Find some common ground. And as you begin to develop that relationship, they're going to open up to you. And they're going to say things like, man, I'm really struggling with you know, uh, an addiction right now. Man, I just, my family's falling apart. And then, and then with all the love and peace, you're able to say, man, I wish you had, I wish you had the peace that I have. And they go, well, what kind of peace do you have? And that gives you the opportunity to share your personal story. Or you see how this is working. I'm accepting it's my responsibility. I'm building a relationship with them. I'm not beating them over the head. No, I'm just getting to know them. I'm finding common ground with them so that I can tell them my story, so that I can tell them what's happened to me. And the word we used to use was evangelism. All right? Evangelism. Now, evangelism is not telling people how wrong they are. It's telling them how good God is. Like evangelism, not telling people how bad they are, how much sin they've got in their life. No, evangelism is telling people what God's done for you. It's sharing your story. And can I tell you today that when you share your story, your story is not at the expense of someone else's opinion of Christianity. It's your story. Don't lie about your story. Be honest about your story. But your story is your story. Share it. Tell people what God have, has done for you. I, I love that Jesus says, go tell them. Tell them how much I've done for you. Tell them how I've had mercy on you. So we share our personal story so that, number four, we can give a personal invitation. And I wish I had a lot more time to, to share all of this with you today, but it's a personal invitation that people need. They need a relationship with you. They need to hear your story. But at the end of it all, when the timing is right, give them a personal invitation. And, then, and, and this is exactly what the man does, the demoniac of Gadara. It's what he does. Um, the Bible, the next time we see the ten towns in Scripture is, is, when, um, is two chapters later. So we go from Mark 5 to Mark 7. Okay? And in, in Mark 7... It says that Jesus goes back to the ten towns. Now remember the first time he went to the ten towns, they asked him to leave. This time he gets there, and, and there are people waiting on him to heal, for him to heal them. Like there's a crowd that has gathered. In fact, do you remember the story where Jesus feeds the 4,000? It happened in the ten towns. So let me ask you today, what happened what happened? What was the difference between the, the, the first time he went and they ran him off to the second time and now he's feeding 4,000 men, not counting women and children? What happened? One man went and told everybody. 
what God had done for him. And I want to tell you, I'm just trying to show you that's the power of sharing your story. That's the power of telling people what God has done in your life. You can make a difference at your school. You can make a difference in your workplace. You can make a difference on your team. You can lead people to Jesus Christ anywhere and everywhere. Come on, somebody. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. If you know how to lead them to Christ, do it. But if you don't know how to lead them to Christ, bring them to church. Get them here. Let's partner together. And I promise you, we're, we're going to do everything in our power to create an atmosphere where they're welcomed, they're respected, where, where when you walk in, man, you're, you're never going to care more about a church service than when you have someone far from God with you. And you're going to hope everything goes just perfect because you really want that person to give their life to Jesus. Bring them to church. We'll partner together. See them come to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, I, I want to close with prayer today. So if you'd bow your, eye, your heads, close your eyes. and um, I want to I pray for, for people who are far from God. I want to pray for people who are, who are distant. Maybe, maybe they're lost. Not physically, but they're spiritually lost. Father, right now we pray for every person. I want you to think of people in your life right now. I'm thinking of people in my family, close close family friends of mine, family and friends. Father, right now we pray that you would draw our, our lost friends and family to you in the name of Jesus. We're thinking of names, God, and we're calling out those names before you today. We're praying, God, would you show up? God, would you move mountains? God, would you draw them to Jesus? Let them have a, a life-giving, experiential, personal encounter with you father we, we bind the spirit that blinds their minds that spirit that would that would cause them to think they don't need god they don't need church they don't need relationship that spirit that would cause them to think that they're they're fine just the way they are they don't really need to take any steps they don't they don't need jesus they don't need religion we we curse that thought right now in jesus name and we're asking you to lose a spirit of adoption that they would begin to see how how incredibly important it is to not just have jesus as a as a lord and a Savior, but also as a friend in our lives, that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and direct us, that we would have that spirit of adoption. Lord, we pray right now that you would, that you would let believers cross their paths, send people in their directions, Lord, people who are believers, who will share their faith, be an example, and Lord, we pray that they would know you, that they would come to Gnosko, have a personal, experiential relationship with you today. Jesus' name, and with your head still bowed, if you're here today and you're the one who's far from God, you're the one who's distant, you're the one who doesn't know God, this is the moment I've been waiting for all service long, and I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to surrender your life to Him. You, you can't find freedom, you can't dis discover purpose or make a difference until you first know Him. And if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity right now on the count of three. Boldly lift up your hand. One, two, three. All across this place. I'm ready to know God. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus today. Come on. With boldness and courage. Thank you. Who else would say that's me, Ben? I'm ready to go all in today. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Going all in. See you. See you up top. Thank you. God bless you. I see you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? I'm, I'm going all in. Going all in. Amen. Well, let's say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, I give you my life, my heart, 
soul, mind, strength. I surrender. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Purify me. Wash me. Make me new. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will serve you. I'll tell others about you the best that I knew how. I'm committed. You're my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's give God praise.